Hello, welcome to the 11 Dubcast. I am Johnny Ginter. I'm Michael Citro. And thank you for listening this week. Thanks for tuning in in this cold, dark off-season. Usually we have, you know, basketball to keep us warm, but man, that's not providing a lot of comfort uh, lately. And uh, you know what? What can provide comfort is 11 Warriors Dry Goods Store, which I, I definitely recommend that you guys uh, show up. And I want to I give you guys a, uh, a bit of trivia today. Michael, do you know whose birthday it is today? Today? On the yes. as we record this on February the eighth, correct. Uh, no. Okay, so um, one of my all-time favorite Civil War generals, and and I would say that it's probably he's probably like the mascot maybe of Ohio State uh, fans at this point. Uh, William Tecumseh Sherman was born in Lancaster, Ohio, oh, okay. on February eighth, eighteen twenty, I believe. And that's off the top of my head, so don't don't uh, you know get mad at me if I'm off by a year, which I might be. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's 1820. I'm right. So I'm good because I would have been furious with you. So in commemoration of his birth, I really recommend that you guys uh, check out the 11 Warriors Dragon Store. We have that really nice undefeated out of conference shirt, uh, for when it comes to Sherman over there. So I really think that's, uh, that should be, let's get that into the bestseller. I want to, I want to kick that up a notch. Um, you know, Afro Ducks doing so well, but I, I want, I want the Sherman shirt to go up. There. That's one so of my in commemoration of his birthday. I really recommend that you check that out. That's on our website, uh, drygoods.11warriors.com. So definitely check that yeah, out. That's one of my favorites. That one in the 85 yards to the heart of the South are, are two of my favorites. That, I mean, that is by far our all time seller. And that has also generated the best, um, I think overall reaction, you know, just across the board from people. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, I like I like to kind of pump up the the lesser known ones. I, I was coming across one of our stickers, and I don't think the stickers in the store, but we've got a lot of other good ones out there. Um, and I was like, man, I, I I forgot about the Sherman shirt. So I wanted to mention it on his birthday because he deserves it because he, you know, Sherman's March and all that other good stuff. So that's there you yeah, go. So, so step so up your step up your your t-shirt game and your hat game at the Eleven Warriors Dry Goods. Yeah, especially if you live in the South. Because I, I feel I can't think of no better way to troll your neighbors than to pick up one of those. So anyway, um, that's that's uh, that's kind of the, the my recommendation, my personal recommendation. But let's move on to some sports here. Uh, we had a big event last night. We had the Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. we'll get into. Uh, but I feel like we are obligated to spend a few minutes commiserating about the basketball team, which is you know like straight garbage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, even that's straight garbage, right? Like they're not pure strain, like awful garbage. Um, but man, that, that was, they were in the game, yes. right? Yes. Against Wisconsin. After and giving up the shoot. first 11 points of the game, I might add. Yeah. So it looked like they were, okay. They, they figured it out, they made it competitive, whatever. And then of course they just kind of, they kind of blow it there at the end. So that was rough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you, <laughs> I know it's a little late in the season for this, but. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think they're going to turn it on for those last three games against Michigan State, Iowa, and then, of course, Michigan State? I think this team... Of course, you got still Michigan coming up. But yeah. You know, you know, I don't know. It's This team seems like it's capable of competing with anybody, but it just needs to figure out how to win those games. Um, you know, what we've seen against Maryland and Wisconsin the last couple of games, they they really could have won both games, and they could have gotten blown out in both games, and they, they fought back, and they stayed in the game, And it's just, it's a little maddening because, you know, we're used to a little bit more successful teams. But um, 
it's not a team that you feel confident can can get it done, but it's still a possibility, and that's why we watch is because we still know that this team on any given night is is capable of pulling that that magical upset the way they did against Kentucky. And um, <laughs> well, are they? I mean, see, that's well, they the did it. They did it against Kentucky, that. and if they could, yeah, they did it once. Well, that's once. If you can do something really... once, you can probably do it again at some point. I don't know though, like, because I keep thinking about that, right? Like, I, every time I see them play a game against a top ten opponent. And that happens a lot in the Big Ten. So anytime I see that kind of thing, I'm like, maybe they'll do a Kentucky thing. And then almost every time they come out, and I'm like, ah, they're not going to. Yeah, they really, <laughs> they, they could have beat Maryland. They could have beat Wisconsin. They didn't. And I have to say that there's there's an individual on the team that's driving me insane in the last couple of games, and I'd really like to see him on the bench more. But I don't think that's going to happen. Who and I would I would assume that's Mr. Mark Lovick. It is. It is. Okay. Um, which is fair. Which is complete. Like I I believe that's an extremely fair take on his. Uh, I mean that dude, man. <laughs> at certain points, you just watch his game and you, you wish that experience would you know somehow engender better basketball. But it almost feels like that's the opposite for that guy. Like he's gotten demonstrably worse over the past several years. Like, the more he plays, the worse he gets. And that's that's really frustrating uh, for an Ohio State basketball fan. Yeah, I, I mean, it's toward the end of his junior year now. So, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's, and he's going to be around his senior year, too. This should be when he's playing his best ball, and he's not not at all playing his best ball. Um, yeah. I will Agreed. say there's a positive, though. I, I think Jaquan Lyles uh, taking it to the hoop against Wisconsin was deadly. Uh, he was amazing. Just, I mean, like, they couldn't guard him. Let me yeah, get the ball yeah, in my right hand, nice. and I'm just going to go right by you and have a layup. And uh, 27 points for him, so, you know, good for Lyle. He's still a freshman. still got a lot that he can learn and a lot of development left in his game. So I'm excited to see that. And, you know, some of these younger guys, uh, the young the, the young pivot guys are, are coming along. You know, one night one, one guy will have an off night and the other guy will be good, and then the next night it will be reversed. But uh, I like watching Giddens and, and Thompson play. Yeah, I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of individual guys on the team that you're like, okay, this is, we got something here, but this is just not their year, and, you know, maybe they'll pull off another fun upset, but, like, I think we talked about this last week, you know, like, are they are they an NCAA team? No. Uh, doesn't look like it. Are they an NIT team? I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, obviously, it depends on how they finish out, but I think there's, I think they're a, you know, certainly if they have a decent finish, I think that the NIT will give them a, an invitation. I mean, they're. They, they draw well, and they're, they're a name. So, would you rather – I mean, yes, they do. I mean, and that's probably their biggest, right? Like, that's that's the biggest thing in their corner, that they do have such a large fan base backing them up. But would you rather see them just, like, stop? Because <laughs> honestly – I mean, look, the, the one year that I can remember that they were in the NIT, right, where they really probably should have been the NCAA tournament, and then they run the – you know, they run the whole – right through the NIT and, and win the whole thing – I actually really enjoyed that because that was kind of just like a big like fu like double bird in the air <laughs> to the NCAA tournament. Um, but I don't think you'd see anything like that uh, this year. I think they would struggle and maybe lose in the second or third round. And I, it's not fun for me. I just want them to like you know like it's okay if you didn't have a good season, but we don't really need to drag it out at a really meaningless tournament that nobody really enjoys watching. So yeah, well I like I, I, I like the NIT when the when the Buckeyes are in it, and like I grew up in an era when the Buckeyes were going to the NIT if they went anywhere. Well, most, sure, most of the years, but I, I learned to enjoy the NIT for what it is and, and to watch it. And I'm always you know since these guys are so young, I'm I'm always about getting these guys more games because they well, might yeah, learn that's, something that's in that environment that. 
that they can take into next year as a as a springboard. So, so uh, yeah, I, I I would rather go to the NIT and go deep in the NIT than I would lose on day one of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I would rather them win the NIT than lose on day one. <laughs> but I think that's about it. Uh, and again, maybe it's just a generational thing, right? Like, and granted, I did not necessarily grow up watching Ohio State basketball, but. Uh, you know, from the time I was in college on, you know, the Thad Mata era, I've, I've come to expect a little bit more from my Ohio State teams. But, you know, I'm, you know, spoiled. You're spoiled. <laughs> I'm spoiled. That's the best way to put it. I am definitely spoiled, and I don't want anything less than the national championships every single year. So <laughs> the next thing let's talk about, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. Super Bowl has, has come and gone. Peyton Manning, uh, you know, took some HGH at halftime and I don't know. How do you feel about that? Are you, are you? So let me put it this way: Are you more sad that three Buckeyes on the Carolina Panthers, uh, Norwell, Philly Brown, who I, I still think it's funny that they call him that, even though he absolutely hates it uh, <laughs> on the national broadcast, and Ted Ginn were denied, or are you happy that you know at least some guys got the ring? Well, let's not also not forget Kirk Coleman. Um, oh, that's right. Kirk yeah. Coleman, so. There you go. Wow, I'm just I'm I'm batting. So I've done a lot of research on Buckeyes in the Super Bowl the last few days. Uh, First story I'm writing this week, and the only other time there were four Buckeyes on one team in the Super Bowl was a couple of years ago with the 49ers, and they also lost. That was uh, Ted Ginn, Larry Grant, Alex Boone, and um, shoot, the fourth one uh, escapes me, but with San Francisco a couple of years back, and. you know, I think maybe it's something to do with having four Buckeyes. Maybe four is the unlucky number for Ohio State players. But here's the thing, though. I, I really – that was a good game because the defenses were so good. I know a lot of people were complaining about it because, you know, people like offense and scoring points and that kind of thing. And they, it's sure. fun to watch, you know, Ted Ginn bombs for, you know, 60-yard touchdowns and that kind of thing. But I like watching defenses play the way Von Miller played yesterday. That was yeah. He was a wrecking ball. That was ridiculous. and and I thought that in, in a lot of respects, Carolina's defensive line played as as well as Denver's defense did. I mean they they shut down pretty every once in a while. The Broncos would bust one play and get into like field goal range, but they couldn't do anything once they got there. And it yeah. was it was just it was amazing defensive struggle between the two teams. And and really, what all came down to was that Carolina made more offensive mistakes than. And Denver did, and and I am happy for Bradley Roby and, and Jeff Hireman, even though Jeff was out all year, and and he's, he'll right. still get his ring. But um, and then I don't know if he'll get a ring, but on the reserve futures roster of the Broncos is Devere Posey. So that's right. I, I don't know if that qualifies. I I do know that um, that Ted Ginn is now 0 for two in the Super Bowl, so I I kind of feel bad for him, and and uh, you know. He's he's not had a good run in championships. The dude is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and of course, you know, you go back to Ohio State and he scores a touchdown on the first play and then gets uh, hurt uh, when right. Roy Hall jumps on him. But um, right. <laughs> you know, right. these things happen. We 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 move on. But uh, it, it was it was really uh, interesting to me the way that Philly Brown was such a an integral part of that offense, and then he got hurt. And it really affected. They had nothing. They had absolutely nothing after that dude. Yeah, it really field, affected. It's crazy to it, me. It did. And, and you know, Ginn had a, a pretty good second half. Credit him. But um, yeah, but, I think he had something like seventy-eight yards in one quarter or something like. But if you look at the drive, I mean, they really only sustained like one or two drives. Yeah. Um, the entire game, and, and you're absolutely right. Like it was a defensive game. 
I mean, the, the defense overall, Bradley Roby had a really good game. I mean, the, the entire team was just playing in concert, and I think it's really kind of, you know, it's fun to watch. I, I like watching the defensive guys myself, especially like in the NFL, former Ohio State players. And cornerback is such, it's one of those like super fickle positions, right, where you've got a guy, you know, who might be good for one or two years and they kind of fade off. And it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of sustained excellence. Bradley Roby has really kind of built his resume, I think, over the past two or three years. And, like, he's legit. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now. Um, that dude's going to be making himself a lot of money here pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy seeing that. I think that's really cool. And I'm, I'm always glad to see Ohio State players win a Super Bowl, you know, especially when they're such an integral part of the team like that. It would have been cool to see Ted Ginn win one, but, you know, I've got a soft spot for Peyton Manning um, and his – yeah, I mean, that, that Carolina team body. looks like it's put together for a few years. It looks like it's going to be back at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're definitely not out. I like the – I like the – you know, I'm, I've always been a, a sort of a, a fan of Peyton Manning's. He just – he seems like a likable guy. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of his commercials or his time on, on Saturday Night Live or whatever. But <laughs> Get open. He seems like he seems like an OK dude. And, and I really thought it was kind of unfair that the flack he took for losing two Super Bowls after he was already a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, right. People seem to forget that he won his championship and that he he was the MVP of that game. So they were giving him crap about it. And it's nice to see that at the end of his career when things maybe aren't as He's maybe not as good a player. Well, not maybe. I mean, he was terrible, but uh, he, oh, yeah. he was not good. But he still came back and led his team and, and won the game, despite some horrific mistakes. Um, one thing I, I liked from Ohio State standpoint was how Philly Brown got in Aqib Tlaib's head in the first half of that <laughs> game. I mean, Tlaib was yeah. just out of sorts. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was and what's crazy is like again. You know, you look at Philly Brown's college career, and you're like, okay, that guy's a good, serviceable wide receiver. I did not expect him to. I honestly think he's he's greatly improved since his time in the NFL, and maybe it's just coaching or whatever. But that's not a guy I would have expected to play with the kind of savvy that he shows in the NFL. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And granted, he's not like a top tier wide receiver by any stretch of the imagination, but he's still really good in a lot of ways. And it's it's. It's cool to see that. I, I I think that's also really neat, especially with like a skill position player, which you know again, like you never know how that's really going to turn out or equate mm-hmm. in the NFL. So I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, I, like you know, always you always root for guys. You know, you think about Ezekiel Elliott, you want that dude to be you know the next like Marshall Falk or whatever, and just you know kick the crap out of everybody. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was fun. It was it was cool to see. I'm glad Peyton got that last ring. Uh, you know, he can go ahead and hang out with Papa John for the rest of his <laughs> life, you know, right off into the Drinking sunset. Drinking Budweiser's. <laughs> Which, that was that was the weirdest thing, because Budweiser, like, I guess their spokeswoman came out and was like, we did not pay him for that. <laughs> because and, and, and granted, he owns some Anheuser-Busch distributors, so I'm sure he's just helping yeah. himself out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the Super Bowl in general has become such just a ridiculous like circus of product placement and insanity and, and hype. And it's just, it's become this insane, like, I don't know, corpulent, like ridiculous beast, you know, like it feels like something that was described in revelations (laughs) at this point. Like it's, it's so weird and huge, Uh, but it's, it's fun for a night. How bad were the commercials again this year? 
they were pretty bad. I enjoyed the only one that I really enjoyed was the, uh, and I am I'm sure this is the one everyone enjoyed, but the uh, the ketchup commercial with the wiener dogs and the little kid as like the little pack of ketchup. I enjoyed that. And I'm that on record all the other to, as to saying that I think it's wrong to eat dachshunds. I think it's wrong. <laughs> well, if they taste good. <laughs> um, I will you know. say this: that the, the Doritos commercial literally traumatized my seven-year-old daughter. She thought that that woman lost her baby. She did. Oh, I mean, she geez. literally said, oh, my God. And she's like, and we had to calm her down, like, for a good hour after that. Now, I, I'm just glad she didn't see the commercial, the insurance commercial last year, where it's like, Billy's dead. Oh, that was bad. Death is a permanent part of life, kids. That was bad. And then, you know, this year the, the Super Bowl babies commercial was bad. Um, and, yeah. you know. I, I don't get why everybody in my timeline on Twitter was saying, well, this is why, you know, there's, there's dwindling, uh, you know, population in Cleveland because they don't have Super Bowl. You know, no, at no point did anybody say that Super Bowls were the only time people had sex and, and kids. Oh, but, I see Yeah, they were saying. just like, they were trying to be smart alecky about, you know. I really didn't need like a chorus of kids singing about the times that their parents. No, no, that, that was, was bad. I didn't enjoy that. So. I don't know. You know, it's it, it beats watching Ohio State get beat again by a mediocre team. <laughs> but I think I'm good for a Super Bowl like once a year. I, I think that's the only about about the only time I could really stand it. Um, but I got to tell you something. We'll, and we'll talk about this coming up, uh, maybe in the next few weeks. There, there's some there's some things happen on the women's side of the basketball that maybe we can address. Uh, I think one specific player that we really should talk about at some point. So, you know, Super Bowls. Buckeyes getting rings. I yeah. enjoy it. Um, you know, it's always a good thing to see. And, and, of course, you know, I feel like that's kind of a natural lead into the draft because you're like, all right, guys, this is what you could achieve. This is what you're going to, you know, This is going to be the funnest later. draft in years for us. I'm pumped. And, and we're definitely going to have to spend a, an inordinate amount of time talking about it, especially as, like, some of these, you know, draft positions become a lot more solidified. So we'll definitely hit that up in the future. Yeah, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my hair like Mel Kuyper and – <laughs> put on my draft expert hat to uh, get into it. That's good. Yeah. You should do that and, and post pictures. <laughs> uh, I need to buy some hair first. All right, joining us tonight, really lucky to have Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, Berm, we wanted you to have on, uh, have you on after signing day, but there's some scheduling uh, things that happened. And, and we yeah, ended that up Darren here Lee guy. And... Say again? That Darren Lee guy. Yeah, what a what a jerk! Just bumping I mean, you off. The who schedule. is that guy? I haven't even heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, so any quarterback or something? Yeah, I mean, at some point, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he went on to do after that. But yeah. Uh, regardless, I'm glad we were able to have you on. Um, I do want to talk kind of the aftermath of signing day a little bit. I think everything went mostly as planned with Ohio State. But if you could maybe tell us a like. I don't know, maybe the end result of the class that Ohio State got, and then B, how that kind of stands in relation to not really the rest of the Big Ten because they're garbage for the most part, but maybe nationally. Well, I mean, the, what you saw from the Buckeyes is what you've come to expect from Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes. They signed 25 guys, which is the average that they signed since Meyer has taken over. They signed uh, basically a full team. You know, you had the quarterback, right. <laughs> you had the running back, you had your quarterback, your running back, your three wide receivers, uh, your um, your three tight ends, your five offensive linemen, your four defensive linemen, your three linebackers, your five defensive backs, your punter. So they went and got, you know, 
the next wave of, of Buckeye players. And um, they missed in a few guys that they really wanted in the inside uh, defensive line, like Antoine Jackson and Richard Lawrence. But overall, right. uh, they were very, very pleased with the class. And a guy like Malik Barrow, who had he not been hurt in mid, you know, in the early part of the senior season, was playing better than any defensive tackle in the country. So they're they're optimistic about what they have coming back at defensive tackle. And between Barrow and Bosa and what's already on the roster that hasn't played yet, they feel like they're going to be okay there, even though they missed the guys they wanted. But, you know, generally speaking, um, there's not a lot of holes in this class. And it's certainly highlighted by by Bosa and, and Jonathan Cooper, two five-star defensive ends. And, um, you know, as you noted, the rest of the Big Ten kind of stinks. Um, so, you know, between the Buckeyes and, and, and their rivals up in Ann Arbor, um, those two are certainly cutting a path through the rest of the conference, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the field coming down the next couple of years because the group that Harbaugh brought in, uh, while certainly not quite a star-studded across the board as the Buckeyes, has some some real big names like Rashawn Gary, the country's top recruit. Um, right. And, uh, you know, that's obviously something that's going to have that kind of lasting effect as we've seen Michigan since they, you know, when they brought in Jabril Peppers, he's kind of a guy that other recruits look at and say, Oh, this is the guy that's there. Um, obviously those two came from the same high school. So that didn't hurt Harbaugh by hiring their coach, of course, but you know, they, uh, those two are certainly the, those two certainly set the standard for the big 10 and, and compare with anybody nationally. I mean, the, the Eastern Division of the Big Ten itself was really, really good with Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, even though Penn State suffered a, a couple losses late. But they still have little to complain about. I think that Penn State probably brought in the best running back in the country, which when you can look at what Saquon Barkley did against the Buckeyes last year, it's sort of scary to think that they'll have a second guy like that. So, um, But uh, nationally speaking, it's still the SEC and then a couple teams like Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame. That's pretty much it. So let me ask you this. I mean, you talked about kind of filling in those holes and recruiting almost the entire, you know, team. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Have they recruited too much? I mean, again, there's been a lot of talk about, like, you know, what Harbaugh's doing at Michigan and, and the roster management and whatnot. Is this, quote-unquote, just roster management part of the recruiting game now, or is this something that we really kind of have to address, not just at Ohio State, but in general? I just don't think it can be avoided anymore, to be honest. And no matter yeah. how much you want it to be, if you're not moving forward, you're losing. And uh, if a guy hasn't contributed three years into his time in the program, it's probably time to start looking for ways to replace him. And it sounds less than amateur, but unfortunately it is the business, and um, the Buckeyes are certainly as guilty of that as anybody. Um, you know, they certainly weren't on the same level of what Harbaugh did this year and what he'll do next year. But um, there, there will be some there will be some changes, and that's the way it's going to work. I mean, I feel like, and look, I, I think there's a lot of people who would be purists and like that. That that can't happen. That won't happen, et cetera. And I agree with you. I think that's just the reality of, of uh, college football these days. But I just, to me, it's really interesting that um, players, I don't want to say they're complicit, but it seems like, would you agree that maybe recruits and players at least have a certain understanding that that is kind of the reality right now? I think they do because 
the truth is, and, and Harbaugh said it after signing day, and it's a, it's a point that I made back in the summer when there was talk of George Hill and his eventual decommitment from Ohio State. There is a responsibility on both sides when we're talking about a verbal agreement to, to live up to the agreement. And if a player doesn't develop the way a coaching staff wants or needs and the coaching staff you know, doesn't think that they can help, then they have every obligation to move on for their future. If you look at college kids, you know, kids coming into college that decommit because a, a team isn't as good as they thought they were going to be, you know, <laughs> right. it, it's the same principle. So the, the challenge is, of course, uh, making sure that you're properly evaluating earlier in the process and, and not putting yourself in a position where you have to do that to a kid. But the one thing that's interesting is that recruits don't care. You know, the, the true <laughs> right. the true elite level competitor doesn't see what happens in Ann Arbor and, and thinks to himself, "Oh no, what would this could happen to me?" Because the true elite level recruit looks at it and says, "Well, that guy stinks. It's, it's happening to him because he stinks. <laughs> I don't stink, so who cares?" And right. you know, there is some truth to that, of course, and and you know that's why you see guys like Gary who still commit to Michigan because he's not worried about that stuff. It's the guys that um, they bring in, you know, Harbaugh's MO has always been to take anybody who wants to commit and then filter them out later. Um, you know, Ohio State does it the opposite way. They they are very particular about who they let commit, but it's it's not entirely that different as, as when you're talking about, hey, you have an offer here, but you really don't have an offer. So right. it's just, the Harbaugh thing that was was really off-putting and upsetting to people was the timing and how these kids were coming out saying, hey, we didn't have any idea. We were still being told everything was fine. Um, and then finding out two weeks prior to signing day that it wasn't. That's, a, that's really what rubs people the wrong way. So one of the things that you mentioned, I, I think you wrote about this after signing day, but you were talking about um, kind of things that need to change or that you would change about – you know, college football recruiting. And can I, so can you elaborate a little bit more on where you were talking about the, uh, the actual offers themselves? And I, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if my memory is failing me, but you said it should be much more solid in paper, like none of this, like semi commendable offers, things like that. Well, is is that, you know, right now, answer? right now, you only have a legitimate offer if you get a written offer from the school after September 1st of your senior season which right. most kids who are getting offered by Ohio State get offered in their junior season or earlier. So, you know, we're, we're talking about kids being offered, but none of them have an offer. So you only have an offer if September 1st of your senior season you have an, a written offer from that school. So, right. you know, I think that we either need to eliminate all commitments early or, 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 or have some way to make those offers binding you know, with obviously some contingencies for coaching, coaches getting fired, players blowing out their legs or whatever. But there has to be some sort of way to make it. So, you know, what we see a lot of is guys getting offers. That basically, it's an offer to say, hey, we'd like you to come camp with us. You have an offer. And then if they get to the camp and they're not any good, then all of a sudden they don't have an offer. They don't get any contact. So, you know, it's it's a weird right. game and it's a – it, there's nothing about recruiting in it in itself that is um, 
good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's a business, and, and the sooner these kids realize that it's a business, because the coaches realize it's a business, and it's their job, and it's, it's their livelihood. You know, if the coaches don't do what they have to do to bring in the best players, then they're going to lose their jobs. And, um, well, and see, you know, I got to tell you something. Like, I was, I was talking about this with Michael a couple weeks ago, I think, and the point that I was bringing up is, like, there are some kids who absolutely know how to play this game. They totally understand the, the stakes and, and the reasoning behind it and how it works. But my concern is the kid who doesn't, right? The kid who doesn't yeah. really understand – the, the verbiage and the nomenclature that people are using instead of just coming out right and saying what they intend. And I do, like, I agree with you 100%. I think that that kid needs some kind of protection or at least understanding of what they're getting themselves into when they start it. Right. And that comes from parents. That comes from high school coaches who are actually invested in the kids' futures and helping them understand the process. That comes from peers and, and friends who've gone through the process and you look at a guy like Jordan Fuller, who obviously signed with the Buckeyes last week. Jordan's brother went through it. His dad played in college. He knew exactly what was going on from the jump. So right. you, you see that, and you know this kid's not going to get played by anybody. He's going to take his time. He's going to make sure that he's <clears throat> hearing what everyone says but understanding what everyone means. And yeah, and uh, that is really the, the difference. It, it comes down to support groups and who's on your side and, and what type of people you have around you. It's just like any other part of life. And you are who you are surrounded by. And um, if, if the people around you are interested in saying I committed to Michigan, even though they haven't talked to you in six months because of the way it sounds, as opposed to the fact that you're not actually going to play there, then, you know, those people aren't doing the kids a service. So the hope is that, you know, people get educated. And I've talked to some parents of Ohio State players, in the last few years um, about potentially setting up some sort of seminar where we kind of get people gathered together and, and go over the process and, and how to, how to more adequately prepare yourself and your kids for what's, for what's coming. But that's, that's awesome. That it may be down the line. I love the idea. I think that's, I think that's excellent. And, and honestly, maybe even mandatory for a lot of these kids. Um, yeah. That's really great. So tell you what, I, I know our time's short because we, we both got a role here, but, uh, last question I have for you. What was your uh, favorite commit, as in terms of like favorite means of committing that was done on signing day? Favorite, well, I mean, the really skydiving. The skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was that? about to say. The kid literally risked his life to, to commit <laughs> to, I don't even know who, Mississippi State? It was Ole Miss. It was Ole Miss. Ole Miss? I mean, I would, I mean, the guy jumped out of an airplane to commit to Ole Miss, which. <laughs> Is, yeah, I I can't decide if that's my favorite or like least favorite honestly, of all. The, these Bleacher Report videos, and I you know I know people that work for Bleacher Report, and they're good people, and but these videos are absolute BS. I mean, the fact that uh, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know what they're paying these kids or what these kids are getting, and you know for right. this sort of because nothing is free, so there there is some sort of agreement, and it's really kind of ridiculous, but you know. Unfortunately, if you look at every website out there, and recruiting is obviously a, the lifeblood of college football websites at this point in a lot of ways. So <laughs> no joke, it's not, it's not slowing down. So we just gotta hope that we keep representing it the right way, and that the, the kids that end up on your team aren't jumping out of airplanes. Yeah, amen to that, uh, Jerry Birmingham. Buckeyes haven't had any of those happen, and I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I I completely understand what you're going for there. Um, I agree. So, Jerry in Birmingham, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know uh, it's kind of a hectic night. So, again, uh, thanks for yep. coming on, and we'll, we'll have to have you on the dungeon of the shot machine. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> That's right. Talk to you later, dude. See ya. Now it is time for our very favorite part of the 11 Dubcast, which is, of course, Ask Us Anything. Yes. Yay, Ask Us Anything. So, you tell you what, you can ask us anything in, in multiple ways, okay, sure. two ways to be exact. And you guys have been hitting us up on email pretty well, so I appreciate that. You can, you can send us an email at dubcast at 11warriors.com, or you guys can hit us up on Twitter at 11dubcast. So that would be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Spell it all out. Yeah, spell it out in English, not like Spanish or Japanese. <laughs> it's not Onse Dubcast. Correct. Yes, correct. All right, so what we got in the hopper this week? Uh, our first question comes to us, Johnny from Alvin Lim. Sweet. All right, Alvin, big fan of Alvin. Alvin wants Asian to know, uh, what is the best and worst teen slang and why? Oh, Jesus. Uh... <laughs> uh... All right, well, I okay, so I am subject to a lot of teen slang mm-hmm. at all times for my job. Um, I really hate, I absolutely hate savage when my freaking teenage students go, so that was savage, savage, like, shut up. <laughs> like, that's that's just stupid. Like, it's usually about the least savage thing I can possibly think of. Like, oh, you missed, like, some kid, like, throws a paper towel at a trash can and misses, and then somebody's like, oh, you missed. And then somebody's like, oh, he's a savage. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's stupid. <laughs> hate, hate it. I hate savage. I think it's dumb. I don't like okay. it. Okay. Um, is there one you like? Is there some? some yeah, yeah, there is one I like. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really stupid that I like this, but I enjoy it. And it's where people go, they say swerve. They go, swerve, swerve. And, like, you need to swerve. Like, you know, where basically people are being annoying or something, and you're like, swerve, and I'm, <laughs> it's really stupid, and it's really dumb, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it when they say swerve, and I think it's funny. So I go I go with that. Those are mine, too. Okay. Um, I don't know what, I, I guess I shouldn't be admitting this on the airwaves, but I've started to okay. use fam. What's up, fam? I have started to use this. In- I'm proud of fam. Fam's all right. Yeah. I know. I mean, I guess that's it's why I like it and dislike it. It's my same word for both. I just yeah. I can't make myself stop. Um, don't really know why I picked it up or where. Other not like any of the people that I talk to use it, but um, I, I guess I could just kind of think it's funny. But I also yeah. kind of die a little inside every time I use it. So um, yeah, so it's the best and the worst. Uh, for me, is, is fam. Going Mach 5. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what's your what's your least favorite? No, I mean, that's 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 my, also my least favorite because I can't stop saying Oh, because you you yeah. hate yourself. Yes, exactly. yes. Good. Yeah, I, I, gotcha. I am, I'm, you know, of, of two minds on this. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a fun little word. And why the hell am I keep saying, <laughs> do I keep saying it? I don't know. And I wish I could stop. But, well, let me ask you this. So, um, what was like the kind of slang? What was your like biggest slang that you used when you were a kid? I don't know. We we just said we said cool a lot. Said cool, cool a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember um, when things were tough. That man is a that's a tough car. <laughs> and you'd be like, tough. yeah, tough. No, and it had nothing to do with tough. It just meant it was like really cool, and you liked it. 
right. Oh, man, that's tough. You know, and, and that it's been a long time. So kids, if you don't uh, remember tough, well, I don't blame you. It's it's I'm an old guy. So uh, I, you know, I was too born too late for the, you know, the 60s slang to groovy and you know, mm-hmm. all that hip and all that stuff. That's neato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radical. Yeah. And, it, and but yeah, tough was one that I remember from my from like probably elementary school. Oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see his? Did you see Scott's Hot Wheel? Man, that's tough. Yeah, and yeah. It sounds really lame now. Right, I love that. That's excellent. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of up there with I don't know. It's right up there with Savage, I guess. I got you. Um, what was your big word growing up? Your big slang term? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we had like a, any good ones. I think it was mostly just like. I mean, cool's ubiquitous. See, that's the thing. I actually talk to my students about how, like, language and stuff can, like, um, eventually become just part of the cultural, like, norm. You know, like, we say cool all the time, right? Yeah, cool has been around forever. And that's never going away. It's never going away. It's been so used by everyone. It's just entered the, you know, vernacular. Nobody's ever going to – it's never going to exit that. So, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't – honestly, I don't think I was personally cool enough to, like, know a lot of this stuff. You know, I would go home after school and just sit in my bed and read, like, Civil War books. So, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know that the kind of slang I was picking up on was really, like, within the correct century. Um, So, I don't know. Like, I remember, though, that in middle school, somebody – wrote in my middle school yearbook, like, all the cool slang we were supposed to use that we didn't. And I don't think anyone actually used it. I think it was just me and my friends. But we would say, like, tech. Something's real tech. That's tech. Oh, man. Like, something's real cool or new. It's like, oh, that's tech. So, <laughs> which doesn't, uh, I don't think anyone else in the world said that. Yeah. Just us freaking nerds. I know. You know, we had some really bad slang in the 80s when I was in high school. You know, grody and stuff grody. like that. It, it, there was some really bad slang in the 80s. Yeah, I agree. So, yes, we got to keep our uh, sling game on fleek, and uh, we'll be all right. On so. fleek, yes. <laughs> all right, there's my new least favorite one right there. That's my least. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, what uh, we got? Next? John Holslander has uh, yep. emailed us. He's got a couple of questions. His first okay. uh, question is: Now that Bradley Roby, Jeff Hireman, and Fred Puggish Jr.—that's that's right, former. OSU assistant also. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he got it too. Now that they have their rings, what Buckeye do you want most to see get their Super Bowl ring next? Oh, God. That's a good question. Um, a very good question. Probably Kirk Coleman then next. I actually really like Kirk. And I like I like the fact that he's kind of like, actually, you know what? I take it back. I take it back. I know exactly who I want. I want to see Mike Nugent get a Super Bowl ring. I know where you're going with this. Because, because that would mean the Bengals somehow – like bought their way to winning a Super Bowl, <laughs> and they murdered some puppies, and they like could, like they had a sacrifice at the fifty yard line, and Mike Nugent got his Super Bowl ring. So I want to see Mike Nugent get a Super Bowl. Yeah, I came into this thinking Jake Stoneburner because he's the only Buckeye on the Dolphins. Um, right. You know, because if the Dolphins somehow got to the Super Bowl, I would I would want them to win. That's my team. So uh, Jake Stoneburner. But if it can't be a guy on your team. You know, Ted Ginn's not a bad choice. Um, yeah, Ted Ginn's a good choice. You know, He's a good guy. Uh, I, I like Teddy, and um, you know, maybe one of these guys coming out this year, like Joey Bosa or somebody. Yeah, that'd be neat. You want to you want to pick a guy though who's kind of like a long suffering. You know what I mean? And that's what, that's part also part of the reason why I would pick Nugent. Just not just because he's on the Bengals, but because the dude's been in the NFL for a while now, and you know he's he's been kicked around a little bit. No pun intended. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, pun kind of intended, but he's been kicked around a little bit among from team to team, and he had to like do tryouts and stuff. And even though he's kind of the Bengals kicker, he's not really the most solid kicker in the universe. Uh, I want to, I just want to see him to have some success. I want to see him get. And the Buckeyes don't have a Super Bowl winning kicker in their in their history. They have um, a punter, Tom Tupa. Yeah, I was about to say uh, they have offensive and defensive linemen, linebackers, tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks. Um, wide receivers, uh, but no kickers. Yeah, so that would be good. That'd be a nice little feather in the the cap of the, the university, I think. Yeah, complete the set. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay, so John also wants to know, uh, with Valentine's Day coming, who is your all-time OSU crush, Johnny? <laughs> I, I mean, is it anybody else but Aaron Craft? Like, yeah. John says John, like, John says that his for him is Jesse Owens. Aside from the whole beating Hitler on the road thing, the dude has a tribute to him in Ann Arbor after having what is considered the greatest day ever in his sport. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if we're talking about people that I look up to, I wrote an article about Jesse Owens, and you know, he had kind of a sad life after that, you know, after those Olympics. Um, and again, not to say that I don't look up to Jesse Owens, it's just you know, puts him in perspective a little bit. But if we're talking like pure, like innocent teen beat kind of thing. I don't know that I can really say that it's anybody else but Aaron Kraft. Yeah. You know, if you're just thinking of it purely from like a got to get this tiger beat cover, <laughs> Aaron, let's 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 get your cheeks all rosy and get you on there. Um <clears throat> but if we're talking about like in terms of like a good person, I mean it's got to be like Chris Spielman, right? I mean with all of his uh, efforts with the Stephanie Spielman Foundation and everything else that he's done, I mean he just seems like a really solid stand-up guy. Um Obviously, football excellence, but in terms of like a human being, him, Archie, those are the guys that I'm like. Those are solid individuals as as people. Yeah, so I go. Yeah. I, I'd say that the man crushes I've had through the years. Obviously, <clears throat> obviously, Archie. When I was a kid, wanted to be Archie, little dude. You know, somehow running for thousands and thousands of yards <laughs> right. through, through all these. Big we really teams. don't emphasize how tiny of a man Archie Griffin yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's just like a normal dude. I mean, you most of these yeah. most of these athletes, you get next to him and you're looking way up at him. Um, right, and it's not like, and, and honestly, like some people are like, well, you know, it's a, the product of the times, right? Like people weren't like even oh, for the yeah, time, even for the time, he was small. If you watch like footage of him running through the line, and I mean, even if you look at him next to Pete Johnson, oh yeah, he's just right. a tiny dude, and and right. Uh, so I mean, he was one of the first ones. Obviously, um, Keith Byers was one big man crush for me. Chris Spielman was another. Uh, you know, obviously Aaron Kraft. Uh, Jay Burson, guys like that on the basketball team, Kelvin Ramsey and um, Jim Jackson, guys like that. And um, Jared Selinger and, of course, Aaron Kraft because Aaron Kraft is dreamy. Yeah. I mean, I really – I mean, if we're talking about guys like in, in college, right, like you'll pick a guy on the team where you're like, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. And I was always a huge, huge A.J. Hawk fan because he was there while I was there. Sure. Yeah, he's another and, one. Yeah. Yeah, and I I loved watching AJ Hawk play linebacker because I you know I would I would intently like intensely just just focus in on him uh, during games just because I and I loved watching a guy play who was always good you know what I mean like somebody who never took any plays off mm-hmm. never had a bad game I, I just enjoyed watching that and then on the basketball side like I loved watching Greg Oden play because to me like one of my favorite basketball players of all time is Bill Russell and I felt that watching that and really only played like two thirds of a season, but watching those two thirds of a season, it was like Bill Russell come back, you know, yeah. to and, and play some more basketball. And I just loved every second of it. I thought it was so much fun. Yeah. Spielman was my guy. And uh, Eddie George was another, again, I mean, you could, there's so many, but every, 
every couple of years, one player kind of stands out and you really love that player. And you have no idea what they're like as a person, but you just go, now, I love watching oh, that right. guy play. <laughs> I know that Greg Oden uh, loves magic and also has like a trillion DVDs. And that's really all I need to know <laughs> to know that, you know, he's the kind of guy I want to hang out with. Now, let me let me ask you this. Was there a dude who let you down where like before the season you were – all about you're like this guy's it. He's gonna help us out, and then he just completely blew it at, when the season started. No, the biggest guy that let me down let me down years later, like after he was at, gone from Ohio State. I grew up, uh, I got grew up an enormous fan of Art Schleister. Oh, unfortunately, uh, when I was a kid, Schleister was the gunslinger. I mean, he was the right. he was the college Brett Favre of that time. And, yeah. uh, you know, he was mobile quarterback, really I mean, could really sling it, you know, didn't care. Triple coverage. I don't care. I'll throw that in there. Right. And he, he set tons and tons of records at Ohio state. And, you know, he, he went out, he went, uh, went pro, went to the Colts and was, you know, I remember they, they drafted two quarterbacks that year. They drafted Mike Pagel and Art Schleicher. I'm like, why are they even bothering with this Mike <laughs> Pagel guy? And then, you know, shortly thereafter became, you know, the gambling problems and all that came out. And, and right. he, in later years, he just continued to do despicable, horrible things, um, cheating seniors out of money and stuff like that. And right. just a, a real letdown for him to be, um, you know, the player he was and the person that he became or just, just, there's no, there's no connect there for me. It's like they're two different people. <laughs> but yeah, I, I grew up a big Arch Leister fan and, and he, he really let me down. That's, I'm sorry to hear that. I was not looking for something quite as heavy, but uh, I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, that's a good choice because obviously he's, you know, dude, dude is where he should be right now in life, uh, given his, given his, uh, his proclivities. Um, I would say for me personally, and this is, this is not even remotely on the same level as, as what art has been, you know, complicit in, but I do remember thinking that for one brief moment in my life, that Lydell Ross was gonna do something, <laughs> and then and then I followed up that mistake by putting a lot of uh, of my hopes on on Mo Rasta Wells, and similarly a bad choice. <laughs> and and honestly, I've done some research on these guys. They are two of the worst uh, Ohio State running backs in terms of like if you look at. Uh, guys who have had at least like 75 to 100 carries in their careers, they are by far and away statistically like some of the absolute worst <laughs> running backs in Ohio State history. And again, let's say nothing about their character. I mean, Lido Ross and Dickler, right? Like, right? Like he's mm -hmm. gone on to be a firefighter, which is amazing. You know, like that's incredible that he's given himself back to the community like that. Yeah. But I just remember feeling so stupid. And I, I got to tell you something. I'm not alone in this because I remember at the beginning of the season. Uh, where he was supposed to kind of have a breakout year, there was there was somebody on campus who was like also all about Lydell Ross, and I remember that he had put up uh, a bunch of flyers around campus saying Lydell Ross is boss, and like <laughs> it was a bunch of like photoshops with uh, him and like uh, who's the boss and whatnot. It was supposed to be real like cheeky and tongue and you're like ah Lydell Ross is great, and I think by the end of the first couple weeks they were all torn down. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 one of those things where you want a guy to be really good and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, will, I, I also I remember. Oh, go ahead. I remember wanting uh, thinking James Bryant was going to be a really great running back at Ohio State. Right and on. He wasn't. And um, I remember thinking there was going to be a really good quarterback for Ohio State named Joe Pickens. Mm. And that didn't work out. 
I got you know what I got one more for this uh, Travis Howard. I thought remember Howard Island? Oh yeah, Howard Island. So Howard Island ended up becoming Howard like Isthmus, and then Howard <laughs> Peninsula, and then Howard like you know anywhere you want to go because it's always within driving distance. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was disappointing. That was unfortunate. So, you know, it, it happens. Things happen. Yeah. It's not the worst And sometimes thing things go back the other way. I, I remember, um, for example, we all loved, we all loved Mo C. Uh, yep. 2002, we all loved Mo C. And then I think we were all disappointed in Mo C for, for years after that. Uh, yeah. Not coming back, you know, not able to come back, getting kicked out of school and kicked off the team and then go to jail and all of that. And then he turned that all around and, and became, you know, sort of a, a life guru and, 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 and used his experience to try to help other people out, you know, better their situation. So he was he was a, a redemption story, you know, after the disappointment. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's had some uh, difficulties, you know, as of late. But, um, you know, as far as someone like he, he's got a lot of things he's struggling with as a person. But I also think that he, you know, he's a good example of, of where you can, like, be very self-reflective and, think about who you are as a human being and like really improve and change your life. And I, I think that's really interesting. Um, there's not a lot of people I think who would be able to reverse themselves as much as he has. And yeah, he made a mistake recently, but I definitely would not say that like, Oh, most of these no, that's not it at all. He's a living testament. To the fact that you have, you know, people have demons and they fight them. You don't always win those fights, yeah. um, but, exactly. but you keep trying and you keep fighting. And that's exactly you know. that dude will never stop trying to improve himself. And you see that all the time. I just I respect the hell out of that. I think that's amazing. So, yeah. So there you're absolutely right about that. Like, you know, sometimes and again with Lydell, like being a firefighter is an incredibly noble thing. And I just that kind of thing just impresses the hell out of me. People who can, you know, I think a lot of times we look at these guys who play football and, and that's, and we have them frozen in time, right? right? We think that that's, that's their lives. And of course that's like, you know, especially once they got out of college, it's three to five years of their lives at best usually. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool to see what guys go on to do with, you know, the time that they have, especially get people who are trained to be highly motivated and, and, you know, forward thinking and aggressive. Like a lot of these guys go on to do some really amazing things. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's an interesting kind of little, Thought experiment to see about that. So that's Ask Us Anything this week, unless we have anything else. Is that, that it? That is all I have in the hopper. All right, cool. So uh, please continue, uh, continue sending us uh, some questions, and uh, we'll continue to try to answer them to the best of our ability. All right, and that is the 11 Dubcast for this week. Thanks to Jeremy Birmingham for joining uh, myself. Uh, unfortunately, I'm able to get Michael on just because of some some time constraints. But I missed the Lord uh, of Whispers, man. I'm, I'm yeah, I know it was. It's unfortunate. I, it's it's basically my fault because um, we actually recorded this on two separate nights. We recorded it on Monday night and then recorded part of it on Tuesday night. Um, today's my birthday, and I went with my gorgeous girlfriend uh, Courtney to uh, to the basketball game. So which which Ohio State won? Yeah. They actually beat Northwestern. Yeah. Um, Happy birthday, Johnny! By the way. Thank you very much. I need I need all you know six people listening to to know and acknowledge that I'm 31 years old. Um, hey, we have more than but, that. Come on, what we have more we have way more listeners than that. Yeah, at least at least 12 or 13. Oh. Um, so <laughs> no, I know we're doing we're doing pretty well actually, and and especially on a Burma episode, those are always good. Yeah. So the question that I have for you, Michael, mm -hmm. today was was also a very special day, a more special day. 
because I got to go down to the state house, the federal court state house, or courthouse state house. I've been mixing that up all day. <laughs> the courthouse downtown, the federal courthouse. Okay. Um, and I got to see about 50 people become naturalized U.S. citizens. And it was very cool. It was a really cool ceremony. Um, but it was also very official. And so when you see all those, when you're actually in the courthouse and you see all those like cops there and you see the, the judge, I mean, we talked to a federal judge and all that. It's very official, kind of freaks you out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that much authority in one place. <laughs> um, so I guess what I was wondering, Michael, what is, uh, do you have any, have you had any like interesting brushes with the long arm of the law? Um, that you can like reveal on a, a podcast, a sports related podcast. Oh, I did. Interesting or entertaining. I, I, guess. I did have an issue back in the college days. Um, it, it's, it's actually silly and I, I laugh about it now, but it could have been pretty serious. Um, okay. my roommate and I were out one night as, as we were wont to do, uh, on a, you know, just typical weekend night. Sure. And, you know, the bars let out. And at the time, all of the South Campus bars, you know, there were, you know, dozens of them and they all let out at the same time. And that basically you get that many inebriated uh, college students in one place and you've got, you know, chaos. Um, right. And there were always, you know, police officers there and, you know, making sure you were safe and, and, you know, not doing something you shouldn't be doing. And all that was good. But that particular night, somebody had gotten uh stabbed in one of the bars across the street from where I was. Yikes. And and it was an office for an officer were trying to they were trying to apprehend somebody and, and an officer Holy was crap. down. So they were all on high alert. Now I didn't know any of this at the time. I just knew that there were a bunch of, of Columbus's finest that were kind of being belligerent and I was, you know, not in, in the mood. <laughs> and so, you know, this this one of get off me fuzz. one of them was yelling at us to get on the sidewalk. And we were already on the sidewalk and the guy just kept bellowing to get on the sidewalk. Now I looked around and I didn't see anybody that wasn't on the sidewalk. Right. Um, I, and I said something inappropriate, turned around and walked, you know, just walked away and you know, it wasn't any foul language. Um, it was just <laughs> something stupid off the cuff. And, and apparently yeah. that was the last straw for him because the next thing I knew he was, you know, putting handcuffs on me and throwing me in the wow. bag. And so I got to spend a night in the, in the tank there as they call it. But, um, didn't really do anything, I guess, except for being mouthy. And yeah. I don't recommend. It's got to be yes. So yeah, I mean, I I learned my lesson. I you know I went to the I went to my court date and I pleaded no contest. And you know the, the judge had I wasn't the only one that was taken in those kind of circumstances that night. So sure. it, it all worked out. But in fact, my roommate got taken too because his bright idea was to say, "Hey, you can't take him." And come wading through the police <laughs> to try to rescue me. Yeah, he, he tried to rescue me. So um, it was it was a little bit Mission scary. And but you know, I took that as a learning experience. And and I you know I, I've always had more respect for the for the police since then. And and right. not that I didn't at the time. I just was you know a cocky kind of uh, you know under the influence college kid and. Didn't really want to hear that guy yelling at me anymore. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, uh, so that I was mine. So what What about you? My story, <laughs> well, my story is not really on that level. I was really kind of thinking more of like cheeky things. Like I was, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a little cheeky. But when I was a kid, uh, I was selling uh, lemonade on a corner near my house. Okay. And, you know, being a, a exuberant, you know, read stupid uh, kid, uh, <laughs> I was like, hopping out kind of in the intersection, like yelling at cars as they went by, trying to get them to slow down. 
And one car was like, wow, this kid's like going to throw himself in front of my car. <laughs> we're marketing. And so, uh, you were, what you were doing was marketing. Yeah, right. Well, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm a salesman. So uh, <laughs> I was trying to sell this lemonade and I'm just like screaming at these cars, just bloody murder, like running out in the street. And one swerved to avoid me and hit a fire hydrant. And the police showed up and I thought I was going to jail forever. I thought and I was like seven, <laughs> but I distinctly remember like this is it. Johnny, you know, it's been a good run out here in the, the free world, but I guess I'll see you guys in 50 to life because I'm, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it turned out like the, the car didn't had like, it didn't even really have like a scratch or anything like that. Yeah. It didn't even, it didn't smash into a firefighter, but that was sufficient enough to scare me forever. And now I have done nothing but just nice things for my fellow man. And I've, I've never really had to worry about uh, the coppers getting mad at me, but you know, one day, one day, maybe one day something will just go bad and I'll, you know, I'll get really, really upset and I'll, I'll steal a, like a honey bun or something from a Seven Eleven. We'll see what happens. That was, so. you know, when you're a kid, the police are all powerful, obviously. So when, yeah, you're, yeah, when you're a kid, scary. yeah, they're, you're very afraid of them. I mean, I remember, you know, being a, being a, just a stupid kid and throwing snowballs at cars. And I'm, I remember right. a, a police car sort of turning into the parking lot, like was behind the car we were throwing the snowball at. And it was like, Oh no. So it was time to run. And, <laughs> and some of the folks that were with us didn't make it out, and they got a, a pretty good scolding from the police officer. And nice. the rest of us were sufficiently scared that we didn't do it anymore. But uh, uh, yeah. you know, I, I I don't have I I try not to disrespect the you know police officers because they have a really hard job. And Generally, a good idea. I wouldn't want it. But right. I you know that night I just my mouth got the best of me and I wasn't thinking and I didn't really think that. Uh, that it would really be a problem, but apparently I said the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person, and and you know I got to learn the hard way. Well, and that's and that's the lesson, kids. Like just just keep your mouth shut and and allow your First Amendment rights to be violated. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's due process. What's that? Don't worry about it. Six minutes, stupid. Yeah, it was a good story um, for the judge though, because that got a pretty good laugh in the courtroom when I told the whole story. That's good. All right, so there you go. Uh, that is the 11 Dubcast for uh, this week, and we'll see you back next week uh, with hopefully more of our our fables about our our <laughs> our, our interference, our, our uh, interactions with the fuzz. So until then, I'm John Aguilar. I'm Michael Citro. Bye. Peace.